0: There is a beautiful, exquisite, handsome magazine for all of us Shakespeare nerds called Shakespeare Magazine, and it's lush and lovely, and it doesn't originate in London or in Stratford or in Washington, D.C., the home of the Folger Shakespeare Library. No, it originates in Bristol, England for some reason and you can't buy it at the newsstand you can only get it online but i'm telling you it is the it is the greatest nerd geek fest for shakespeareans that you can find and and i'm now finally talking to the editor publisher creator of shakespeare magazine pat reed and pat where <laughs> what are you a magazine lover a shakespeare lover how did it start well i'm a i'm a magazine editor
1: um, by by trade and um, I got back into Shakespeare in a, in a big way, kind of late in my life, and, uh, and then looked around for a, for a magazine to help me understand Shakespeare, and couldn't find one, so I, I thought I'd, I'd just make my own.
0: If you have not already downloaded and devoured the first 12 issues of Shakespeare magazine, then you're just not the Shakespeare nerd I thought you were. But now, if you haven't, you're in for a treat. Go to issu.com that's I-S-S-U-U issu.com and read or download any and all issues of Shakespeare Magazine to see what we're talking about. Because now after almost a year-long hiatus Shakespeare Magazine is back with a vengeance and publisher Pat Reed talks to me about how the magazine got started and how it's finally continuing.
1: Well I've been thinking about Shakespeare Magazine for a whole year and I'd even started a Twitter feed called Shakespeare Magazine, and people were saying, "Well, when's when's there going to be a magazine?" And I, I was beginning to think it was never going to happen because I'd I'd done business plans and run the figures, and I thought I, I just can't do this. I can't raise the capital. And then suddenly there was a there was a small amount of money and a window of opportunity, and I had 19 days to get issue one out before uh, in time for Shakespeare's big birthday in 2014. And I uh, managed to do it by the skin of my teeth and sort of still, still, still hanging on in there now.
0: <laughs> it's, does it, that continues to be your business model, the skin of your teeth? <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes. Because yeah. you don't, am I wrong? You don't charge for it. It's free. Yes, it's it's free because
1: um, when I was working for mainstream media companies, um, I, I realized everybody was saying that digital magazines, online magazines were kind of the way forward, but I was privy to the, the sales figures for those online magazines. And I I realized that, um, that people, people weren't really buying them. And, um, and also, you know, by talking to a lot of people and analyzing my own habits, I realized that people don't want to pay for stuff online, you know, and, um, I, I figured that, um, I'd had some success making iPad magazines, but, uh, but but and there was a there was a model for for charging for a premium for those, but then it's it's like if there was a production of Macbeth, and you said to people outside, you can only come in if you own an iPad, you know. Oh. Obviously, you just ex- exclude so many people. The the idea was just to try and push it out to as many people as possible, and um, and then and then sort of get advertisers uh, and donors to 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 kind of pay for it. And that's kind of just about working, but um, but I've got issue thirteen about to come out now, and I'm I'm hopeful that um, that uh, the readership is going to be big for that one. It's going to take us to the next level.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, and it's funny you talk about the iPad because it's available. I mean, you can find it online, but it's also available through a uh, I don't know what you what you call it a feed called Issue I S S U U. Uh, yes. which is which a- collects and aggregates all different kinds of magazines so i end up reading shakespeare magazine on my ipad using the yes. issue app oh great yeah that's that's pretty much um it was when i
1: discovered issue that i realized that i could do shakespeare magazine because most um most of the platforms available to do digital magazines were pretty clunky and um issue was was the best the best of the lot and it was also um incredibly cheap the best way to read Shakespeare magazine is probably on an iPad using the ISU app. But, um, but again, just in the last few years, people's habits have changed. People are, are accessing it on, the, on their phones more now because phones have got bigger.
0: Right.
1: And um, you know, people still still read it on their desktop, um, you know, their PCs and and their, you know their other kinds of computers. And um, you know, it's, it's sort of in, in a sense the the format is is a, a, a kind of like in a holding position because I'm, I'm trying to work out what is going to be the next format that everybody is going to want to read stuff on and then
0: immediately transfer Shakespeare magazine to that. So we've talked about the technical aspects of it, but what about the, the, the creative and the content? How, how did you decide to take a very populist approach to Shakespeare? Well, I think that there's something about, about
1: magazine culture that, um, that that wants to be accessible. And you know, it's just it's just words and pictures on a on a page, and it's always been whatever subject you're you're into, it's always been a relatively easy way into that subject, and um, and uh, and also it, it's a learning experience for me. I, I consider it part of my lifelong learning about Shakespeare. Now, um, I can't I can't go back to university and do a degree in it, um, so this is an education for me. But what I can do is I can I can get in touch with the. The world's greatest experts and say, oh, a few questions about about Macbeth or a few questions about King Lear, you know, and um, and they will, you know, very, I'm very happy to say they will respond, and uh, and it's it's it's, a, it's just a way of kind of translating that back to my to my readers um, who are coming on the journey with me. So it is kind it is kind of personalised, but at the same time, um, y- you know, a magazine exists because there are readers. And I'm trying to work out what's what really excites and interests them. Give that to them. and then and then the real kind of challenge is to give them brilliant stuff that they don't know that they
0: that they need. There's a really lovely combination of uh, textual analysis and academic rigor with glossy, fun, populist images.
1: well you've summed it up far better than i ever could that's 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 completely i think that's what i'm trying to do austin yes and um it's partly because um i just detected that the the sort of the energy around shakespeare at the moment is partly connected with um with fandom um it's kind of shakespeare magazine kind of deals with shakespeare as if shakespeare is is um is alive and kicking you know it's, it's like it's like a fan club kind of magazine. If, if Shakespeare was a was a football team, or if Shakespeare was a was a music festival, or Shakespeare was was a film you know a film star. Then this is the magazine that would that would be be for, for, for that subject. And um, yeah, it, it's 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 definitely the case that um, certain actors like Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch um, have brought their fans you know have, have, have sort of helped um get their fans into Shakespeare and so you know by featuring those actors and and sort of finding links between Shakespeare and the the superhero movies um sometimes you know very overt like Kenneth Branagh d- directing Thor right you know as if it was a Shakespearean film is, is uh, <laughs> it's just one example
0: well and 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 yes it's I love that aspect that of treating Shakespeare like a current living uh, person that we can all get excited about um, from a fan perspective, but I wanna I wanna stress to the listeners how not cheap and f- uh, mimeographed fanzine this looks like. It's, it's <laughs> the magazine is so lush the, that and that comes from and I'm jealous because. I have no visual eye, um, um, and so I'm looking at it, I'm going, oh, this is so beautifully laid out and beautifully art directed, and that that goes to your experience as a magazine editor, publisher, yeah?
1: Yes, I mean, the, the, the one thing that um, that I, 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 you know, if, if you put a gun to my head, I could do pretty much everything on the magazine myself, the writing, subbing, proofing, you know, I'm the, I'm the picture editor, I'm the editorial assistant, you know. Um, I put the T-shirts in the mail, um, but but I can't. I, but Paul uh, McIntyre is is my art editor, and we worked together for years and won some awards together. And um, there's a lot of great art editors in Bristol, some of whom I've had the pleasure of working with, but Paul is um, just just one of the best. And so so really, the kind of the whole the whole kind of visual kind of lushness and and um, kind of a quality of the mag is is down to Paul. And you know as 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 always with talented people, you just you just um, throw the material at them and get out of the way and let them come up with the results. And, uh, right. uh, but, but I think the thing is that um, when the first issue came out, people were kind of expecting a fanzine. They were expecting it to be cheap and cheerful. And I think people were taken aback by how, I don't know, conservative it was perhaps in some ways. Mm. But, um, but I, I feel that um, even if it's digital, a magazine should be a magazine. You know, it should have a beginning and and an end, and you should kind of know where you are with it. So that's why it still has page numbers and you know and an editor's welcome at the beginning and stuff. It's it's not just um, um, I've dispensed with some of the kind of like the um, the trappings of magazines. Like there isn't a letters page, and you know there isn't there isn't a news section because because I figured news is out of date by the time you've you put it onto you know onto a kind of magazine format, but. Um, but, but, yeah, it's a it's, it's pretty, it's pretty conservative publication in lots of ways. But I'm hoping that that um, makes it accessible to all kinds of people. You know, it's, a lot of teachers like it. It's something that, that, that they, can, they can have in the classroom without, um, you know, without it kind of being too, too crazy, I suppose, or, or, or possibly causing offence. Even though with a lot of Shakespeare kind of imagery, you have lots of kind of, you know, lots of blood-soaked Lady <laughs> Macbeths and things like that.
0: Hi, this is James Finn Garner, author of Politically Correct Bedtime Stories on Rex Coco Private Clown. And you, you lucky person, are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Our holiday tour of the ultimate Christmas show abridged begins this week with performances in Maryville, Tennessee, Somerville, New Jersey, San Jose, California, Algona, Iowa, Reston, Virginia, and La Mirada, California. Next winter, we have more cities and more dates up on our website now, including our return to the new Victory Theater in New York City for the off-Broadway premiere of William Shakespeare's Long Lost First Play, Abridged, and then our return next June to the Pittsburgh Public Theater to close out their season with our production of Long Lost Shakes. Also, pop-up Shakespeare is now already in its second printing and is on sale worldwide. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Pat Reed, the publisher of Shakespeare Magazine. And since we'd already talked about the technical and creative aspects, I asked him about the financial aspects. How can he afford to put out Shakespeare Magazine when he gives it away for free? Well, um, there are some advertisers
1: and um, and um, there are donors actually, people are are donating now, which is um, um, one, one lady in particular has been very generous and, uh, and she's in the States and, uh, and so she's really kind of saved the magazine along with, along with some, some help from friends and family. And um, so it's, um, but I've also been doing some freelance work um, to kind of, you know, to keep the wolf from the door. Uh, and at one point um, it was quite close, to, quite close to extinction. But one thing I've learned from the magazine business is if you have a good brand, never, ever call time on it because it can spring back to life. Uh, when you least expect it, and uh, if there's if there's the merest glimmer of a flame, then then you should then you should you should kind of kindle it. So I kind of, you know, just at the moment I'm kind of um, just minutes away from issue 13. It's it's really um, I'm I'm working on the last five pages at the moment, and it's uh, you know it's looking and feeling feeling good. So it feels like a relaunch in a sense because it's it's been I've been I've been putting content out on the website and via social media. But, um, but there hasn't been an issue of the magazine for, for for months now, so that that's really really good to be back. I think what 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 the kind of the corporate world is waking up to is the fact that Shakespeare is one of the biggest brands in the world, but Shakespeare is a brand that no corporation owns, and um, and so um, and so it's kind of it's kind of difficult to kind of mercilessly extract every last ounce of value, the way you can with something like coca-cola or, or lego or uh, you know but um but i mean the, the one the great thing about about shakespeare i remember um richard o'brien the guy who wrote the rocky horror show used to say that um because because he wrote the rocky horror show he could get five minutes of anybody's time and um and uh, it's a bit like that with, with with shakespeare you know um i mean maybe you find this yourself but um well i mean reduce shakespeare obviously is, is a is a big and noble brand but um just just by sort of saying i do shakespeare magazine it kind of it does it does open doors it it gets me um uh i mean i, I think that um, when i did the first issue i got more um more positive feedback for for that on the first day than for the whole of the rest of my career put together and uh, <laughs> you know and uh, people you know people just love shakespeare and um and are and are fascinated by shakespeare so it's um it's something that's very much part of me now, and I, I, can't, I can't quite I can't see myself letting go of it for the foreseeable future.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can download all 13 episodes of Shakespeare magazine right now by going to issue.com, issu or via the Issue app. Then send us your noble brand via email to feedback at reduced You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reduced You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can interact with Pat Reed and Shakespeare Magazine at UK Shakespeare. Thanks, as always, to Marvel Shakespeare crossover actor Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Jessica T. Carter. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to James Finn Garner, author of Politically Correct Bedtime Stories and Rex Coco, Private Clown. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 572-1715th of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Yeah, really, the only drawback to Shakespeare Magazine in its current form is that it's hard to display on a coffee table. (laughs) This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less.